Welcome to the Forgiveness Warriors podcast. I'm Dr. Jerry L. Cook. In this podcast, you'll be empowered with the tools you'll need to forgive and let go of a hurtful past. As an author and certified life coach, I'll be your guide, helping you let go of whatever's holding you back and helping you become the forgiveness warrior you were meant to be. I hope that you're having a wonderful day and that it's only going to get better. Today, I want us to look at a passage of scripture from Ephesians chapter 6. So if you want to follow along, feel free to get your Bible. And it's in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 10. If you don't have your Bible or if you just want to listen, that's okay too. So today, I want to relate the concept of the armor of God to forgiveness and how we could use the armor of God to our advantage and why it's so important that we do so. So in verse 10, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I personally think that one of the most important words in that verse is his. I know for myself and from my experience, that if I am going to forgive some of the people who have hurt me greatly in my life, it's going to take a divine power, right? It's going to take heaven to intervene on my behalf. And I, I, I am saying that kind of jokingly, but it's true. It's so true. Is it, hasn't that been true for yourself as well? That there are some people where you're going, you know what? This is impossible. But we learn from the scriptures that it's imp- that nothing is impossible for God. So it might be impossible for us, but if it's not impossible for God, then that's a game changer. So be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So our goal is really to rely on the Lord to help us forgive, to tap in and to depend upon his strength and not our own in helping us learn to forgive. In verse 11, it says, Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So there's a lot of points here. Uh, I just want to kind of summarize some of the things that I think are important for us to understand when we're trying to forgive other people. It's this, know who your enemy is and who your enemy isn't. When we're having an argument with our spouse or with our children or with a coworker, or, you know, we're, we're going, or even, even on the road, right? Road rage, we think, hey, this person is an idiot. This person is evil. What they're doing to me is horrible. Chances are, and the, the chances, okay, there are there are evil people. But in most instances, we have to understand that the battle is against the other side or the opposition or the adversary or Satan or Lucifer who wants to destroy you and your family. He wants to destroy everything that's holy and good about your life. And the way 
that he is able to do that most commonly is by getting you offended, by getting you stirred up, by getting you riled up and ticked off at other people. So the next time, or perhaps in understanding the most recent time that you've had an argument or frustration with a loved one or a friend or a church member or someone in the community, really ask yourself, who is the enemy? Is that person really your enemy? I would submit that in most cases, they are not your enemy. And changing your perspective about who your enemy is and who your enemy isn't. So let's say you're in a relationship with someone and the two of you have just had an argument. And you're really frustrated with that person. You have all the evidence. You know, you're ready to take it to court. Here is exhibit A. This is what you did, right? We do that because we want to be prepared with a really good and rational and powerful argument that we are not in the wrong. Well, even if we're not in the wrong, chances are that when we understand who the enemy is and who the enemy isn't, we will completely change how we act and react around other people. So that's kind of a long first point. Uh, the second thing is, and we'll be talking about the whole armor of God. I'm going to give more specifics about that when we talk about a later verse, but this is something that we have to really commit to. It's not just, oh, okay, we're going to put on a little bit of armor today and uh, we're going we're gonna to be okay with that. No, you, you've got to fully commit to this process if you are going to stand against the tactics that the devil is going to use against you and against your family. So verse 13 is a reminder. Take upon you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the last day and having done all to stand. Now, stand is about enduring. It's about holding up. Haven't you ever felt that before where you're going, man, I don't know how I'm going to make it through today, let alone this week or this year. If you want to withstand the frustrations and stresses in your life, then you have to put on the whole armor of God. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Okay, so there's a lot of context up here. I am definitely not a biblical or historical scholar, but this is how I interpret this. You need to get ready for battle, but keep in mind who the battle is against. The battle is against the adversary who wants to destroy you by placing offenses and stumbles in your life. So... Having your loins girt about with truth is, and stand therefore is really about get ready for the battle, but make sure that you're very clear about who the enemy is. Some people would say that this is kind of like a way of saying man up. Uh, other people would focus up on the concept of loins being sexual organs or protecting that part that is responsible for procreation. And I would like to really kind of focus on the part that is procreative. 
what impacts or influences your imagination? And I would submit to you that if you're going to find the resources to forgive, if you're going to find the motivation and the power to forgive, you've really got to figure out and identify what influences your creativeness, your imagination. And I would submit to you that you need truth. Having your loins girt about with truth. So make sure that when you are in an argument or disagreement, or maybe it's happened already in the past, make sure your imagination about what happened or transpired or what really ticked you off, make sure that you are a seeker of truth. Okay, God, please give me the truth. Either what happened or what is it that I need to do? Don't let your imagination run wild with, okay, well, she looked at me funny and it's because of the last 20 years, you know, she's been trying to get back at me this entire time. Don't let your imagination run wild. Focus on truth. Okay, uh, continue with that verse. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. So breastplate is what protects the, uh, the, the lungs, the breathing, what gives you air, what gives you life. And it also protects the heart, which of course protects your life. So really be thinking about how you can protect your heart and you can protect your heart by making good choices. Now, these good choices might be how you're going to react to the person who has hurt you. It might be making sure that you don't take it out on other people. I personally see this concept of righteousness as, you know what, I'm going to protect myself by, by making good choices throughout the day. So the focus is really on you. A lot of times when we're offended and we've been hurt by other people, we're fo our focus is on the other person. Wow, I can't believe they really did that. I can't believe they said that. I can't, I, I can't believe that they were willing to do that to me. What gives them the right to do that? So our focus is on other people. When we have on the breastplate of righteousness, we're, the focus is on ourselves, not on other people. Focus on you and your choices, and you'll have on the breastplate of righteousness. Verse 15, and your feet shod with a preparation of peace. So this kind of goes along with the earlier comments, is wherever you go, is that your goal? Is, is your goal really to provide peace? Now, my definition of peace, it might be different than yours, but I see peace as the relief or escape from suffering. I might also suggest that peace is the healing from suffering or maybe even the transformation of suffering. Is that your goal in, in the Beatitudes when Jesus is... Uh, is talking from the Sermon on the Mount. He says, blessed are the peacemakers. Now, 
That's a very important concept because I used to think of it as blessed are the peacekeepers. No, blessed are the peacemakers. Are you going about trying to make peace with others, including those who have hurt or offended you? Now, some of us, including myself, kind of play the role of the martyr where we're going, oh, you know what, I'm not going to stir up trouble. Okay, all right, whatever you want. No, that, that's not the peacemaker. A peacemaker is not a, a martyr or a victim. A peacemaker is someone who takes responsibility for making things better than they are. Verse 16, and above taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Okay, now this one completely blew me away because when I'm thinking of fiery darts, I'm thinking of, okay, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, this is... This is just so bizarre of me, but I have to I have to admit this. Every time I have read this concept of fiery darts, I thought of one of two things. Number one, I thought of, okay, maybe they really mean arrows and they're like lighting them on fire and they're they're sending them onto the huts or tents and uh, houses or whatever. And that's that's one thing. So we could get burned by the fiery darts of the adversary. And I that totally resonates with me. I understand that. Uh, the other concept that I had that's that's a little more comical, if you will, is I kind of imagine Satan in the bushes and hiding away and having this blow dart kind of a thing. And, oh, there's Jerry, Poop, you know, and ouch, you know, he hit me in my neck kind of a thing. And um, I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know if that's exactly how Satan engages with me, maybe. But this is the part that I want to focus on here for just a second. This concept of darts. I've, I've, I've put a lot of research into this. And for those of you who have done more research than me, feel free to comment and let me know if, if, if I'm missing something here. But in primitive times, the darts were not kind of like the, you know, the darts that we use on dart boards. These darts were typically long, skinny, and they were they were very effective weapons. And there's a lot of different kinds of darts, but many times what the darts would be uh, thrown with were uh, were tools known as, and hopefully I could pronounce these correctly, atlatls, uh, A T L A T L, I believe. Still, still trying to learn about this, but basically it's a device that stores the energy of the movement and of the dart so that the person who was launching that dart, it could go faster and further, more effectively and more deadly. So I don't want you to think of, again, like the darts on a dartboard. I want you to think of, this is kind of like a spear where they're using this device that's allowing them to throw these what's called darts or missiles or um, these these are not meant to hurt these are not meant to maim these are not meant to even burn you these are meant to completely destroy you so this brings it oh and by the way by using it an at to launch these darts 
These darts can fly at more than 100 miles per hour. So if you've ever been in this situation where like, whoa, where did that thought come from? Or, man, I, I just started feeling anger toward this person. Where did that come from? That was a fiery dart. And it, was, it has been launched at you in order to destroy you. Okay, that's, that's what it's meant to do. Not to just burn you, but to consume you. Like a fire would consume an object. That's a fiery dart. Okay, so, and these darts, in, like I said, in primitive times, what, I mean, I wasn't there. I'm just kind of relying on, on those that, that I've done the research on. Basically, in tribes, they would go around and let's say if there was a large animal, they would have all of these, these uh, people with darts and atlatls, and one would target, uh, you know, the, the left leg, one would target the right leg, uh, one would target the, the, the heart or the organs, one would target the head, and so on and so forth. And so that's the imagery that I really want you to have, is that Satan and his followers, they're, they're going to be launching these fiery darts, not not one fiery dart. Keep in mind that verse 18, it says, you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Like these are going to be launched. If you ever feel like you have been ganged up on, you have. And the way that they gang up on you is by launching all these fiery darts from all these different directions. And that's why it's so important to put on the whole armor of God. I just love this imagery because I, I can't forgive all the time. I can't forgive everyone for everything, for every situation, especially for the most difficult ones. I can't do it on my own. With all the background and training and experience and examples in my life, I still can't do it all on my own but I could do it with God. And the tools that he has given to us is his armor. Okay, so I'm gonna quickly go through the, uh, the, the last verse I'm gonna to cover today and take the helmet of salvation. Well, think of it this way. Jesus is our salvation. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And he said that you will only be forgiven as you forgive. So if you want to be forgiven, you have to forgive. And the way to do that is by having his help. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so this brings us full circle to the things that we're talking about before, is where is your focus? Because wherever your focus or attention is, that's what you're giving more power in your life. So if your focus or attention is on your offenses, your, your grudges, that's what's going to grow. That's what you're giving more power. But if your focus and attention is on the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, maybe you're reading to scriptures or you're, um, you're looking for God and His influence in life and nature, or you're, you're looking for answers to prayer, it's interesting that pretty much everything thus far has been described as part of the armor 
But the word of God is described as a sword. You probably remember that even Jesus, when he was tempted, he quoted the word from the scriptures. He used that to beat back Satan. So, I would submit to you that if Jesus does it, it would be even more important for us to do that. When you are being tempted to not forgive, when you are being tempted with a fiery dart that's meant to consume you, to hold on to that fire, to hold on to whatever is burning you, to hang on to whatever is poisoning you, maybe it's time to go on to offense and start reading and quoting and speaking the Word of God. I hope this has been helpful for you, and I encourage you for this week and the week after to take upon you the whole armor of God to help you to forgive and to heal from the grudges and the pains and the wounds and the fiery darts of the past. Take care. Thank you for joining me on today's Forgiveness Warrior podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and share your five-star review so other warriors can find the podcast. Unforgiveness is a terrible battle, but it's a battle we can win. It's a battle we must win, and it's a battle we will win.